just want to say it's my honor and my privilege to introduce and present to you all this afternoon Mayor Sylvester Turner, who is Houston's mayor, 67, 62nd mayor, who was elected in 2015 after 25 years of amazing service in the Texas House of Representatives. He came at a time of really great stress financially and worked diligently to eliminate $160 million budget shortfall. If that wasn't hard enough, we've talked here, Hurricane Harvey hit. And I can tell you personally that this mayor, I don't know if he slept for a month because he was everywhere. And I think that kind of leadership and just presence helped all of us through a very difficult time. Mindful of what we've been talking at this symposium, that Harvey's impact and legacy is not over, but in fact is still to be dealt with uh, years from now. He championed pension reform and, particularly for this conference, has expended, expanded municipal investments in renewable energy. His work on that front and on sustainability has been recognized by his colleague mayors around this country service as a member of the U.S. Conference of Mayors, Transportation Communication Standing Committee, the Vice Chair of the National Climate Action Agenda, member of the C40 Global Covenant for Mayors for Climate Energy, and he's an advisory board member of the African American Mayors Association. I will also say we had a really privileged moment on our annual particular year was interesting in that we had Reverend Bernard Lafayette, the founder of, co-founder of SNCC, and the former ambassador to India, the U.S. from India, Ambassador Rao. Mayor Turner had led a delegation, part of a delegation to India earlier, late last year. And when I heard him on the radio, he had, the first remark that I heard, he had been in Gandhi's uh, home. And that conference was about looking at relevancy of nonviolence and social movements today, which I think just tells you the thought and character of our mayor here in Houston. And finally, I want to say personal thanks for his leadership for really helping us understand Houston not only as the energy capital of the world, but as one of the sustainability capitals of the world. So with that, Mayor Turner, thank you for being with us at this conference. Thank you so very much, and thank you for a very gracious, gracious introduction. Let me say good afternoon for everyone, to everyone, and uh, it's good to be back at the, uh, the Mustaco Chapel here at the University of St. Thomas, and I want to thank them for hosting this event and bringing so many great minds together to discuss climate change. Let me just see a little bit, get kind of get a feel of who I'm talking to. If you're outside the city of Houston, let me just get your hand. This is an election year, none of you can leave. Um, <laughs> and our voter registration card will be there, all, all of that. But 
city, city of Houston. Uh, look, um, as was said,
because we know the most vulnerable is still the largest at times. Um, because of Hurricane Harvey, even though it was indiscriminate, communities that were already on the margin of life, they were pushed down even further. So if you are living in communities where the investment has not occurred in a real way, or other investments have occurred, but they're being impacted for a long time, these major events, these disasters, these storms, they're already on the margins of life. They're pushed down even further. And so uh, children and veterans and homeless and the elderly, people with disabilities, the poor, uh, they are the ones um, who at the end, um, they don't have many options. And it's one thing for your home to get flooded and you can go to a hotel someplace else while your home is being reconstructed, or while we wait on the federal government funding to come, which is a long time, okay? Uh, but, if you, but if you are poor in these underserved communities, um, you don't have a choice. You pretty much just try to make it the best way you can in a home that's been flooded and where mold exists. simply wait until some assistance comes. And in many cases, even when the assistance does come, they've been so um, taken out of the system that it's hard to reach them. And so that's what we're facing, and that's why we have to deal with climate change. We have to transform the crisis, if not for ourselves, for those who are most vulnerable. So climate change means that we can anticipate more extreme heat events, more ozone action days, and more rainfall if we do not take action. And failure to address climate change will lead to more hospital visits, more property damage, a lower quality of life, and it will cost us all very dearly. And you can't talk about, let's say in this case, the Houston Harvey, it's not about building back, because if you build back, you're building for failure. You gotta build forward, stronger, more resilient, more sustainable, and you have to tackle climate change. Because you can't talk about making things better for the future if you ignore what is happening right in front of us. Hurricane Harvey for us then was a turning point in how we view and approach climate change, sustainability, and resilience. And being the energy capital of the world, it and whether or not we discuss it quietly in a conference room or in our homes or whether or not it becomes a part of the public discourse. And I thank Harvey for this reason and that is it has forced this conversation into the public atmosphere in the energy capital of the world. Houstonians have demanded that we do whatever it takes to prevent more disasters like Harvey and to plan for our changing climate. As mayor of the city of Houston, I'm going to be an effective 
our part in the global push for climate action, we have initiated two plans that will be transformative for the city of Houston. In August, we announced that Houston was the 101st city to join the 100 Resilient Cities Network, and so we've moved forward in that, in that regard. And the interesting thing, and you know, this guy seems to know about that, is that being 101st, we're having to kind of like pay our groceries in two different places, which is a little bit interesting. Energy capital, oil and gas, Harvey, transforming the, the, the conversation. And so here's now the thing that they, that we are working on in Atlanta, believe it or not, Mississippi. And so, um, which means a collaborative approach In September, we launched our first ever climate action plan. Um, we started those conversations, uh, but we are moving forward in that regard. And let me just say, to the extent we are successful, and I don't say that we won't because we don't have an option, but to be successful, if we can be successful here with respect to being 101st part of the Resilient Network, putting in place an effective and impactful climate action plan. If we can do it in the energy capital of the world, then I would argue that it can be done in Atlanta. Now, will it be challenging? The answer is yes. And some might argue, Mayor, you got to pick one or the other. You can't be energy capital transformative at the same time. Well, I will simply argue that in order to be transformative, it has to be collaborative, and we have to find ways to make the payment happen. How difficult it may be, but at least the conversation has to take place, and we are doing it right here in the city of Houston. Sustainability and resiliency go hand in hand, and these plans will help Houston access the current and future risks facing our city and take actions that will keep our city strong, resilient, and sustainable regardless of what comes our way. And if you want to help shape our climate or our future, I encourage you to visit greenhoustontech.gov and sign up for updates on the plan and how to participate. As you may know, I'm proud to be co-chair of the Climate Mayors, a group of 412 mayors from red states and blue states big cities and small towns, all dedicated to working with and learning from each other as we tackle climate change and work to uphold the Paris Agreement. And what I've discovered is the leadership on building a better future, transforming the climate crisis. The leadership will not necessarily come from the top, the feds, but the leadership certainly can come from the city. Cities are driving this discussion. The cities, mayors from all across the United States, are saying, We believe we want to participate in, in achieving the objectives of the Paris Agreement. I was in London and I was on uh, Bloomberg Radio, and, and they wanted to talk to me. They were saying, Well, Mayor, 
So what, do we ha what does that mean for the United States? And what I indicated to them is that this is the United States of America. And when you look at what, where the cities are and the number of mayors that have come together from all over the United States, I think you get a better sense of where people are and the mindsets and our commitment. The beauty of being in this country and in America is not just one person, it's all of us. And where and if we stand together and march together and lock arms together, then I think we can move this agenda forward. So I remain optimistic regardless of the opinions of a few. We know we have to work more and we have a lot more work to do but the city of Houston has a long history of promoting sustainable activities that help us save money, become more efficient, and reduce the impacts of climate change. I don't know if you know, but Houston is the largest municipal user of renewable energy in the country. Not in the state of Texas, not in the Southwest, it's not New, anybody from New York? paragraphs out. <laughs> but not L.A. You know my good friend Garcetti and he is my good friend and when it comes to pushing this agenda forward on climate change, he has been at the forefront and the rest of us, many of us are following his lead. But when it comes to the largest municipal use of renewable energy, that's the city of Houston. Houston uses more than 1 billion kilowatt hours of renewable energy from Texas-generated solar and wind. Our 50-megawatt solar facility in Alpine, Texas, came online on Earth Day 2017. And this represents just over 10% of the city's power consumption and includes buildings such as the Houston Zoo, the passenger terminals at the Intercontinental Airport, 611 Waltham, and some of our wastewater treatment facilities. In exchange for increasing the size from 30 to 50 megawatts, the overall contract price was reduced by 8%, resulting in an estimated savings to the city of $40 million over 20 years. Not only is it good for the environment to rely on it's cost efficient as well. And in the process, it creates jobs. So the benefits are, are there. We're also working on emission saving projects closer to home. We all know Houston is our really car city and Houstonians drive a lot, uh, 33 billion miles in 2014. And to help our green, uh, green, help green our fleet, we have joined the Climate Mayor's um, Electric Vehicle Purchasing Initiative led by my fellow climate mayor, co-chair Mayor Garcetti of Los Angeles. And Houston launched nearly our entire EV fleet in Harvey, and our charging stations are limited. So I don't think we would, I didn't think we would be able to purchase additional EVs through our co-ops. But when our fleet director saw the prices we got through um, the program that Mayor Garcetti put in place, we jumped on that chance and participated. We're also working with Centerpoint to create an EV coalition that will help make Houston a leader in electric vehicle adoption. And this kind of collaboration, working together piece by piece, city by city, is how we will meet the Paris Agreement. 
But let me back up uh, on just on souls. come out of one of these communities that's an underserved low-income community. And in these communities, there are properties where landfills were for years and years. And, and those there are properties that are contaminated, not being used at all. In Sunnyside, the south part of this city, there are 300 acres contaminated that's not being used. And you got 300 acres, three football fields sitting in one underserved area, it's very hard to transform that community for the better. It's very, very hard. But what we are looking at, and we've got proposals out there, is how you can take these 300 acres and turn it into a solar form to recreate, reimagine, repurpose. And instead of it being contaminated and holding down the Take a look at those 300 acres, turn it into a solar form, all within the city of Houston, and take some of the revenue generated from that and plow it right back into the community. The city benefits as well. Not only would it be good in terms of our environment consumption, energy consumption, but the community itself will be transformed for the better. We have to find innovative and creative approaches to transform the climate crisis and at the same time transform communities for the better and it becomes a win-win for everyone. And if we can do it right here in the energy capital of the world, it becomes a win for everybody. And so we ask all of our partners to join with us to make that happen. Tackling this challenge head-on is necessary for Houston's uh, current residents, future generations, and let's not forget to remain the energy capital of the world. We know the road ahead will be difficult. It will not be easy. We'll have some very tough conversations, but I am confident that Houston will get the job done. And I'm confident because what Hurricane Harvey said to the energy capital, we don't care where your assets may be. We don't care who owns them. And quite frankly, we've got employees and people living all throughout the city. And so what Harvey is saying, if you don't want us to come back again in the same way, then all of us need to be at the table and find a way, a constructive way to coexist, but to do it in such a way that we're not building back for failure. We're not ignoring the science, but we are building forward. We're being transformative. We're being smarter because all of us are at risk if we don't learn and think about it. And in this city, we want to lead by example and we'll accept the challenge. And I look forward to working with each of you to build it.
thing we know about public service, it never ends. I know you got another obligation, but we really want to thank you for taking the time uh, to share a little bit of your vision with us um, and what is in play right now, because I think it helps both of us living here, but as well as those from outside, because part of the idea is to connect and take this out. 